Blog Talk Radio. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand the start to fall And all those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found No, I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now There was Jesus In the waiting, in the search, in the healing and the hurt Like a blessing buried in the broken pieces Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it or couldn't see it, there was Jesus. For this man who needs amazing kind of grace, for forgiveness at a price I couldn't pay. Out Radio International. I'm your host, Prophet Evangelist Edward Eberly, 
host of God's Hour of Truth. God's Hour of Truth. It's nice to be back again with you all. Praise God. Praise God. I'd like to welcome everybody from the United States here as well as around the world. Uh, I'm going to be doing my program, God's Hour of Truth, every other Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Every other Tuesday because I'm doing it uh, bi-weekly now. Uh, I've been busy during the time that I haven't been on for a good period of time uh, with well ministry over, overseas from uh, various countries, from Kenya, Pakistan, India, and various countries, a lot of different people, and I have another program I'm, I'm doing with another man. And uh, I have a lot of things going on, you know, We're making tapes and videos and things like that. Uh, trying to get the word around as much as I possibly can. So God has been opening doors and new doors for me and meeting new people and everything. So it's been a very fruitful time uh, since I last spoke with you all on my program here, God's Hour of Truth. But it's great to be back, and I just thank God for it. It's really a privilege to be on this program, Reaching Out Radio International, because of some great programs Angus Montel has over the airwaves here, which I really recommend everybody to listen to. They're very excellent programs that bring glory to the Lord, and the anointing is on, the anointing is on the speakers, so I just want to just tell everybody that. Before we get started into the uh, message tonight, let's look to the Lord in prayer, all right? Because, you know, without prayer, nothing happens, but it's all about praying, so... I want you to agree with me and believe with me tonight and watch what God will do in the program and watch what he will do in your life. Heavenly Father, I just want to praise you. I want to lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for the privilege of being on here and reaching out Radio International with my program, God's Hour of Truth. And, Father, I just thank you for that. It's an honor, Lord. And I would just pray, Father, tonight that those that have came on listening, that whatever they have need of in their life, whether it's they don't know Jesus, whether they need refilled, whether they're backslidden, whether they need healed, delivered, provisions, wisdom, understanding, problems in the family, job problems, money problems, whatever it might be. Lord, we know that you're the answer because you made provisions according to Second Peter 1, verse 3 and 4. You've given us everything to life and eternal life also in this life right here. Everything and all the provisions we need in this life, you have given to us, Father. And, Father, I just ask tonight that the people would just draw from you, Father, and receive what you have for them, Father, because we know that your anointing is the one that destroys the yoke, Lord. It's not by power of might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So it's by your spirit things happen on this program. It's by your spirit that things happen anywhere. It's not because of us as individuals, but it's because of your word. Your word is anointed, and when we speak and preach and believe your word, we receive your word, it brings forth the results of its promise. So, Father, I just pray that will stick in the hearts of all the listeners as we, tonight as we unfold the truth of God's word. And, Lord, I just pray that you give me the wisdom, the understanding, and the words to say tonight, Father, that will touch the people, Father. And, Father, I just pray that whatever the need might be in the name of Jesus right now, I just believe it's done. I take authority over Satan and any hindrances that would try to come on this program or any interruption to the people listening. And in Jesus' name, I break the power of Satan right now, and I command that power off of everybody listening right now and out of every home in the name of Jesus, that they can see and hear and think in their own minds and make the decisions that you would have them to make, Father. 
and we give you all the praise and the glory for everything that you're going to do tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And they all said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, tonight uh, we have a subject that the Lord has really laid in my heart, and this is something that's really for this hour. It's called Enter Into God's Rest in This Hour. And if anybody needs rest in this hour, it's the people, isn't it? For what has been going on in these past many months, this year here, it's been different than ever before that I've ever seen. I never expected to see anything the way this is. But in every arena, from violence to sickness and disease, lack of money, businesses shutting down, you name it, it's there. It's a horrible situation. But in this situation, you know, God will give you and I peace in our hearts. We can enter into a rest, and we can rise above these situations because, you know, these things aren't to be a part of our lives, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, uh, violence in our lives and things. God is our protector. He's made provisions for you and I. And I get news for what's going on now, too. And I've quoted this many times, and it's really one of my favorite verses, and I think uh, that when you hear it, you'll recognize it for this season. Isaiah 59:19 says, When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, God raises up a standard against him. So when Satan comes in like a flood, like he has, he's given his best shot. He's given his best shot. He's been showing his stuff, as they would say. But I'll tell you this, now God's getting ready to show himself. And he tops out Satan. He said God raises a standard up against the work of Satan. And that standard many times is sovereignly, plus he uses you and I as a standard to destroy the works of Satan by the anointing in our lives, how he directs us and how we preach the word, minister the word and get people set free and bring down the strongholds that the devil has. That's what we're called to do, you see. So he brings down a sovereign standard from times that only he will do, but then he uses us as a standard because, remember, Jesus is the right hand of the throne, and you and I are here, and we've been called to do a work, you see. We're actually in Acts 29 right now. There's 28 chapters in the book of Acts, but we're writing the last chapter of the book of Acts in each one of our lives. So is your life, is my life what God wants it to be there? Jesus said, the things that I do, so shall you do even greater things. So we're in the market, and we're in the, the season, the very day, the very hour of the great things. And, and I'm seeing them in my life. I'm seeing uh, things beginning in a way, and they just start out, and they're forming. And it's really the beginning for this great move that we speak and are preaching about. But it's happening, you see. But it's happening for those that are committed to him and meeting business with Jesus. It's not happening uh, to people that aren't are lukewarm. In fact, Second Chronicles 16:9 says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro that he can find somebody whose heart is perfect towards him and show himself strong in their lives. And that's what God is looking for. So we need to be obedient and follow the Lord and love the Lord. And in doing that, we're going to have a life that we never even expected. God has great things for us. Okay, uh, entering into God's rest in this hour. I'm taking it from Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 1 to Hebrews 4.11, but I'm not going to read all those verses. I'm just going to take five verses out of here, and I'll speak about them, because that's kind of the meat of the subject, even though they're all good. But I'm going to do Hebrews 4.1 and 2, and uh, Hebrews 9, 10, and 11. Okay? 
So if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. If not, just just listen to what's being said here. But you need to write that down and read them after we're off the air here then. Okay, Hebrews 4, 1 and 2. That is, therefore, fear lest a promise left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was preached the gospel, the gospel was preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith, and in them that heard it. Okay, let's take that uh, first verse. Let us therefore fear. That means be very concerned. Say, oh my, oh, I don't want to miss this. That's a promise left us of entering into his rest. We come short of it. In other words, by all means, we must enter into that rest, by all means, because we need that rest. That rest, and we're going to see what that rest is. But we must enter into that rest, and especially in this hour, this day and this hour, especially all times. There was a rest all along, all these, these several thousand years. But the rest now is really at the greatest need, that rest that God has for us. He said, unto us the gospel was preached, as well as unto them, but it didn't profit them because faith wasn't mixed with it. Okay? What we recognize there, that when we hear the word preached, we must have faith in that word and believe that that word is true. That word is truth to you and I. It's truth. We must believe it and then receive what it says. We don't We don't uh, believe. In other words, we don't just believe we receive. We don't believe that we uh, have to believe. I have faith to believe. We can say that. But if we have faith, we are believing. But have faith to receive it, you see. Our faith is receiving what that word says in the Bible. It's faith receiving, faith receiving it, making a reality to us. Mark eleven twenty four says the things that you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Okay, let's jump down to verse number nine. There, now here, watch this. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Okay, there remains a rest. It's still here. You see, it didn't didn't pass with the apostles or the disciples. It's here right now. That rest still remains from God offered to you and I. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. See, to enter into that rest, you must get yourself out of the picture and cease from what you try to do. In other words, I think it should be done this way. I want to do this. I want to do that. In other words, like navigating your own ship. You can't do that. God must be your navigator, you see. He must be leading you. You have to enter into his rest by ceasing from what you do, what you think, what you feel, what people are telling you. You must get away from that and enter into his, his, his works. Now it says, as God did from his. So God rested on the seventh day. After creation, he rested the seventh day. He ceased from his works. But as an example for you and I, we have to cease from our doing things our own way. Like a song Frank Sinatra used to sing, I did it my way. And that's been the problem in this world. People have done it their way, and now look what the world is. When we do it our way, we come up with what we're facing right now. Our way is the best, folks. If we did it God's way, this would never happen, you see. But when we do it God's way, we enter into that rest. Okay, now watch this. Eleventh verse says, Let us therefore labor to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. That means that you and I have something to do with it, doesn't it? 
And it means that in osmosis, it just happens to us automatically. It's something we have to put an effort for to receive that rest. So therefore, what do we labor? What, what kind of labor are we going to do? What kind of labor are we going to do? Well, the labor is really daring to believe the word of God and staying out of it. In other words, apply God's word and then forget about what you feel, what you see, the circumstances. It looks, oh, Lord, it looks like after I pray, it looks like I'm going the opposite direction, what I think we should be doing or what I think should happen, you see. You have to get your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, uh, what happened maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You have to get it all out of yourself, out of your mind. That's why he said, reckon yourself dead. Reckon yourself dead. Because a dead man doesn't have any reactions. But our reactions and what comes into our mind, when we act upon that, we're in the carnal man. And what's going to happen is our spirit will be saying one thing, and our flesh or our emotions or mind, which is our seat of emotions or feelings and, and decision-making, our wills, that's all in the soul part of us. And when we live in a soulish part of us there, that has no part of God, you see, because God speaks to our spirits. He doesn't speak to our our minds, in a sense, or our souls, you see. We communicate with God through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our spirit, you see. We're born of the Spirit, not of the mind. That's why we have to renew our minds by the Word of God, you see. Now, uh, let me read that. I, I could have said this a little earlier, but I want to say it to you now. Uh, what in the world does the uh, mean enter into the rest? What, what does that actually mean, a definition? Okay, for a definition, what it really is is a profound peace that God gives to those who love and obey him, regardless of circumstances. It is a peace that involves the whole faculty, as the Bible teaches. And what that simply means is peace, period. In other words, some people have peace about finances, but they're unrest about their health. Some people have rest about their health, but not peace about finances or whatever area that you're involved with, maybe family situations, whatever it is. But God wants you to have perfect peace in every area of your life. You have peace. That means that you're trusting God and his word for everything that you do, you see. If you aren't trusting him and accepting it and receiving what it says, in other words, faith to receive, I receive it, and that's it. Whether it manifests right away or does not manifest right away, that makes no difference because it begins in the spirit. When you and I have a pure heart with no unforgiveness, no attitudes, negative attitudes, and just a pure heart, when we have that and we come to God in faith receiving, no matter if it's miraculous or if it's not miraculous, it's a done deal because it begins in heaven. And that's where patience, the Bible says in James 1.4, let patience have a perfect work and you'll lack nothing. Patience is standing believing and accepting that you already got it until it actually becomes a reality. It's really that simple, folks. And he said, if we let patience have our perfect work, it said you will lack nothing. And isn't that something? You'll lack nothing. That's a big thing, isn't it? That covers everything, just like the definition up here says that uh, we are to have peace, which involves the whole faculty. That means the whole being in our spirit, souls, and our bodies. So God offers us us peace that rests in him. Walking and entering into God's rest in this hour is the title of this message. Entering into God's rest and walking in the rest in this hour here. Wouldn't you like to have that? Wouldn't you like to not have sleepless nights because you're so concerned or you're so worried about this? Or 
you can't really uh, concentrate on what you're doing because something, your finances, your health, circumstances, just so big in your mind that they're bigger than what God is, you see. See, that's the danger of not committing things to God and, and believing God. When you allow the enemy to bring thoughts, negative thoughts in your mind or things in your mind, you allow him to do that. When he comes in your mind, you're to cast it down, according to God's word in Second Corinthians 10.5. We're to cast down everything against the word of God. But when that comes to your mind, if you start to meditate on it, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, and God becomes, becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. So that's why we have to get rid of it, folks. You've got to get rid of anything that's not Bible. So that's why you and I were told to study, or show, study and show ourselves approved. Second Timothy 2.15, or and, not or, but and, Joshua 1.8, to meditate upon the word day and night. Therefore, you will make your way successful. Psalms 119.11 says that uh, when we, in our hearts, in other words, we will not sin. If we meditate upon the word of God and, and not have it in our hearts, we will not sin against thee. Keep the word in our hearts. And you won't sin against me, he said, Psalms 119.11. So we have to recognize there's a way to this, but we need to put this into practice. We can say, I know it, I know it, I know it. And a lot of people say, well, I know these things, I've heard these things. Well, have you applied them? Is it working for you? Are you still walking in nervousness and miserable and fearful and no joy and, and no uh, peace, you see? And this is what it's all about, no rest or anything. Because if you're resting and everything that's tried today, it's this hour. There's been no more trying times that I have ever seen in my life than there is in this very hour. And that shows that you and I have to be at that place where we're going to suffer the consequences. Okay, let's, let's go on here. Fear is the main thing that's really holding us back. That's what It's all founded upon fear because if you notice the news media – People and everything that comes out fear. Uh oh, they're gonna. We're not gonna have any money. Uh oh, disease is spreading all the more. Uh oh, your home. You're gonna lose your home. Uh oh, you're gonna lose your job. Everything is an inciter of fear. The devil is trying to incite fear through the news media, which is basically most of them are a bunch of liars. It's not true. They want to say things what they want to say and what they want to hear. And unfortunately, the devil is using most of the news commentators. He's using most of it, so I really don't look at news much any, anymore. I might look at the weather, but I don't trust it. There's only one thing you can trust, and that's the Word of God. Know things for yourself. Investigate things for yourself. Look at things that are out there that they want to put as a good thing or whatever and investigate it. Know for yourself. Don't take the word of people. That's why so many people are headed the wrong direction today because they're taking the word of others and the wrong people instead of, assuring it in their own hearts and their own lives. And that's like the Word of God. Don't just listen to what the pastor says or what anybody says unless it's backed up by the Word of God, you see. And we have to do that. But too many people are listening to people and, and well, just too lazy to get into it themselves, you see. And you suffer the consequences because how do you know what they're saying is right? Well, you don't unless you really get into the Word yourself. And I'll tell you this, to know of the truth in your life the Word will state it, and you'll have peace uh, by the Holy Spirit. You'll have that witness by the Holy Spirit. If you're unrest about something being said, chances are it's not true, you see. So the Spirit and the Word go hand in hand. Okay, what is fear? Well, that's really a simple thing. 
Fear is listening to the words of the devil. What is faith? Romans, uh, or excuse me, Second Timothy 1.7. God did give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Okay? Satan gives us a spirit of fear. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by God's word. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Fear becoming becomes by hearing the word of Satan and accepting it, thinking about it, dwelling upon it, making it a part of your life. You have a choice. Believe the word of God or the word of Satan is speaking to your head and showing you maybe symptoms or circumstances or plaguing your mind with these things, you see. The word counteracts it. The word is the antidote to the poison of Satan. Satan brings poison your way. God brings the antidote by his word, you see. Psalms 107.20 said he sent his word and healed us or delivered us from our destruction. He sent his word and delivered us from all our uh, destructions. Everything that's out to destroy you, he sent his word. His word was Jesus, the living word, but his word is this Bible to deliver us from what's out to hurt and destroy us because he has an answer to everything that comes your way, you see. Okay? Doing some teaching here tonight. We need uh, be, to be taught because too many people are, are in these things are not walking in this thing. Too many are not walking by their conversation, by seeing them. It's just always the nose in your face. You can see it. And this is a needed message for everybody. This is a needed message, folks. Okay? That's Satan's greatest weapon for this year is fear, for this hour, for this day. And we must choose to conquer fear by replacing it by faith. We are to replace fear and put faith in there. Don't fear it. Faith it. Don't faith them, you see. Face your, your challenges. You see, it's, you don't have problems. You have challenges in life. And when you're a challenge in life, you can overcome a challenge by using God's word, you see. Not your ability or not what you do but or even what you think, but by God's word you overcome challenges. We're going to learn in a couple of minutes, or I'm going to be a little bit more specific about that. Okay. First of all, how, how do you do that, what I just said? A lot of people say, well, that sounds good, but how do I face these challenges? Okay, that's real simple. I'm glad you asked. Find scripture that's going to counteract or overcome the challenge that you face. In other words, I quoted a scripture a couple minutes ago, all things. God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their instructions. So that that, that is a conclusive, that's an all-inclusive word there, that things that come our way, sickness, poverty, disease, uh, you name it. Anything that you want to think of as hurting you, he sent his word to heal it, deliver you from it. Okay, healing tells us in 1 Peter 2.24 that he bear our sins on his own body in the tree, tree, and we being dead to sins, he being dead to sins, that we being dead to sins would live to righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. We were healed. We're not going to be healed in a physical or any other thing. We've already been healed 2,000 years ago. We just have to receive that truth into our hearts. You were healed. You're not going to be healed. In other words, maybe you haven't received the manifestation yet, but you were healed by faith 2,000 years ago, and if you believe that and stand on that, it will manifest to you. If you have a pure heart and you simply accept that and believe that you have it and you watch your mouth, you watch your words and what you're saying, speak positive things, it has to manifest, or otherwise the Bible would be, would be a lie. We know the Bible is not a lie. God's not, not, God is not a liar. 
as a banner. Let all men be liars and God's word be true. God is not a man that he should lie. So God's word is true. So it has to happen, folks. It has to happen. We were healed by the stripes of Jesus 2,000 years ago. We were delivered. We were set free. Everything that's harming us, we were set free on the tree. We were set free on the tree by Jesus Christ and by his blood that he shed, his death, burial, and resurrection. That freed us. We have to really believe that. You know, you hear that, and so often that's common words that I'm saying here. But you've got to take them to heart, accept them, and hold on to them. And I've got it, and I'll accept nothing less and have that determination. Then go on to your life and don't fret about anything. Just thank him for it and accept that you have it and go on about your life. And when you do that, you've got your hands and, and self out of it, and you've got God in it. And that's when God does something. But as long as you hold on to that and worry and fear and fret and talk negative about it, it's going to stick with you. In fact, it's going to grow deeper, you see. But we need it pulled out of it, you see. We don't want to discuss it and build it up and make it stronger in our lives, hurting us. We want to get rid of it, right? We get rid of it that way, you see. Okay? Financially, he said, I'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Now, we need to be tithers. For one thing, that's opening and be givers because God rewards a giver. It's a law of reciprocity, giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. He said that will be going on all time. It won't end until we leave this earth. You see. This earth, as long as the earth stands, he said, that sowing and reaping will be in effect. So we were called to be blessed. And we we're called to be a blessing. You know, I'm not just talking about material things. I'm talking about anything that God has given us, any gifting in our life, any any material thing, anything. We were called to be blessed with things. God wants to bless us, but he blesses us so we can be a blessing. And if you don't have the attitude of being a blessing, many times you're going to miss the blessing of God to you because you have the wrong attitude. You are believing negatively. You're, you're praying amiss, like you said. And if you're, that's praying amiss, you say, if you don't have the right attitude towards it. Because he doesn't bless you that you can be a big somebody. He blesses you that you can enjoy and be a blessing. So you have to get that straight. Just why do you want this? Why do you want that? What's the purpose of it? Is it a self, selfish reason? We have to scrutinize ourselves, our attitudes. Why am I here tonight preaching the word? teaching the word on on the radio. Why am I doing it? For my own glory? Am I doing this to be noticed? Am I doing this because somebody's making me do it? Am I doing it because I feel obligated? No. I'm doing it because I enjoy it, and I know that's what God wants me to do. And that's that's why I'm doing it. That's simple. I'm compelled to do it. I'm compelled to minister the word of God. I'm just not satisfied if I don't because I know it's what God wants me to do, and it's a driving force a driving force of God that I have to obey. And and we all have driving forces of God and what he wants us to do, but we need to obey those forces and cooperate with God, you see. Okay. I wanted to uh, do something else right here. You know, when it comes to what we're facing in life, you have to make God's word your answer to what you're being challenged with. Find the scripture that applies to it and look at the conditions of the scripture. And, you know, I want to tell you something else. Uh, When it comes to the word of God, many times we say, God, you do this. God, you do that. 
Well, the Bible says in Colossians 3.15 that you let the peace of God flow in your heart. You let the peace of God come into you and flow through you. You let it. You see, that's a you thing. When Jesus healed the sick, he didn't say, well, I'm God, I'm Jesus, you're healed. No, he said, your faith made you whole. Your faith made you whole, you see. You do it, you see. We're in covenant with God, and you have to recognize something here, that God did everything that he's going to do through Christ. He made, He prepared the table for you and I. So now it's up to you and I to partake of that table and whatever we have need of, you see. Just like you would on a food table in the natural. You might want some meat. You might want some vegetables. You want some fruit. Maybe you want some dessert. You go to wherever it is to get it, you see. And that's exactly the same thing with God, with a challenge, you see. Where, where does the Bible say this about the challenge? Where does it say this, you see? Oh, I like wisdom. I need more wisdom. I, I'm just not wise enough. Well, what's James 1, 5 say? Those that lack wisdom come to me and I'll give it to them and they won't be upgraded. He said, I'll give them a few lack wisdom. Just ask me for it. You see, where does the Bible say what you have need of? It's really that simple, you see. When you want to find something, when something there, take the word of God. And when you read the word of God, always for yourself, put yourself in the picture. Don't put your husband, wife, or your pastor or somebody else in that picture. You put it to yourself because just like myself, I get a message. Whatever, whatever, the Lord gives me messages and gives me all types of prophetical and, and uh, uh, things like that. I have to look at myself with that first. How do I line up with that, you see? Not what can I use this to tell other people, but am I lined up with that or is God saying, hey, I'm showing this to you especially? Sometimes we get so anxious to do something and, and we can miss it that we take something and we want to get it to others, but God actually wants it in us. And we don't even realize that we're not even doing it. You have to examine yourself. You have to scrutinize yourself. Again, I'm going to use that word scrutinize because if we don't, we can miss it. That's why a lot of people feel justified uh, with the Lord because they they go to church on Sunday, they pay tithes, they they do this and that, and they have a false hope, a false belief that everything's okay. But if we're not living for the Lord and walking in obedience to him, they're not going to hear the trumpet when it blows. And that trumpet's going to be blown pretty soon, and we're going to be raptured out. We need to be serving God. If, if we're not, if we're not active with God now, and I've heard people tell me already, they said, "Well, so and so was saved 20 years ago. So he knows the Lord. He's just not living for Him." Is that right? Oh, you think He's going to make the rapture? This rapture and the going with the Lord is a far more serious thing than we realize. In fact, it's been on my heart pretty heavy the past several months. You know because I have to examine myself in that thing as well as not just myself, but propagate it to other people, tell other people about it, because that's what it's all about. We're, we're being warned, and I believe what we've experienced this year, this year right here, is a, a open call to us. It's a wake-up call. So you better get it ready, folks, is what, it, what he's telling us. You see, what we're facing, because we're seeing it isn't in a man or a woman that's going to resolve this problem. Only God can do it, you see. He's waking us up to recognize that, hey, only I can do this here. So you come to me. You come to me. You look to no man. You look to me. I am the answer to this. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people were to call by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, 
Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and will heal their land. He's telling us he will do it, you see. He didn't say I would do it. He didn't say the president would do it. He didn't say you would do it or some other minister would do it. No, he said I will do it because Jesus said without me you can't do a thing. Zechariah 4, 6 says it's not by power much, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So it's all by him. We have to recognize, hey, it's his power. We aren't, we aren't the factor here, folks. We're just a mouthpiece. We're, we're a, uh, a conduit of, of the power of Jesus Christ and the love of Jesus. We allow him to work through us. We aren't the workers of it. We, we are allowing him to work it through us by the way we live our lives, how we propagate the gospel. That's how we reflect Jesus. We reflect Jesus Christ through the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 and through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 11 Verses seven, excuse me, First Corinthians twelve, verses seven through eleven. That's how we show Jesus, His personality, uh, and how He lives, and His integrity is in the fruit, and in the gifts is His ability. So that's how we demonstrate Him. It's through the Word of God. You see, if, I, if you want to be more like Jesus, you have to be more obedient and applying that Word to your life. And the more you do that, and the more you get yourself out of of everything, the more Jesus is there. I must decrease that he increases, you see. You've heard that many times, but it's so true. I must decrease. Me must decrease that he will increase. And that's what you and I need to be working towards day by day by day by day. Okay, the next thing, get them into your heart, the word. We said we need to make the word of God the answer to our challenges. We need to get it into our heart. Now, to get it into our heart, we must meditate upon it, think about it, and when we do that, as meditating like Joshua 1.8 says, when we do that meditation, it's going to click. There's a point in the time when you meditate, and it, it, something, it'll just click. But another way along with that is apply it, you see. Dare to incorporate it in your life. See, I'm going to apply this thing. I'm going to, uh, Lord, your word says this, but I'm going to do it. And when you do that, you're putting the test to God. He, he doesn't tell you to test me. One time he tells you to test me. That's financial and giving. But I'll tell you this. You apply for what it says. You can go to him, and you apply that, and he, he's pleasured by that. That pleasure to him. It makes him happy. You know, you're, you're making the Lord proud of you with what you do when you do that because he wants you to take his word and apply it to your life. So apply his word and, and incorporate it into your life. And then watch what what that word will do in your life. Because you'll see the word actually coming alive within you. You'll see things happening. You'll say, wow, I prayed about that. I did that. Now I see this happening. Oh, God must have heard me, you see. And that's how it works, you know, when you incorporate, you see. You make it part of your life. Okay? When you release your faith, remember this. And know it began in heaven. Everything begins in heaven when we pray by faith. We use our faith to believe and receive. We use that faith to receive what the Word says. It begins in heaven, as I said a couple minutes ago, and it bears repeating. What we apply here, and what put the, put the uh, test, you could say, when we apply it here and we release our faith, right away it begins in heaven. And it starts there. But we can nullify it if we don't stand fast, if it doesn't happen right away. That's how the devil steals, steals from us, because you can be believing God 
and standing and, and considering it's a done deal. I mean, here, I receive it. I've got it. And then how the devil tries to steal it is he'll put symptoms upon you. Oh, oh, I feel, oh, I must have been well. I must have been healed. It didn't happen. And if he can get you to believe in that and say that out of your mouth, he stole the victory from you, you see. He up, updone the seed that was planted. In other words, that seed was planted in heaven. It's starting to grow, and it will manifest if you stand fast by thanking God for it and quoting a word and thanking that you have it and praising him for it. But if you allow, instead of watering that seed, negative things to be spoke against it, that seed will be nullified, just like somebody would plant a, a seed, you know, for corn, and they'd just come and just uproot what you planted. You wouldn't get any corn, would you? And that's the same with the blessing. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Steal, kill, and destroy. And we have to recognize that. So be on guard. When you apply the word, you must maintain what that word says, no matter what people say, what it looks like, what circumstances look like, what you feel. You have to be dead. That's why you have to reckon yourself dead because these things will happen to you. You're tried. I'm tried. Things come away. You go do certain things, and you're challenged by it. Fear tries to creep in and, and cause you to doubt. I mean, it's a battle. We're in a war, folks. We're in a war 24-7. This is wartime. It's not just a, a fun and games time. It's a wartime, and we have to stand on the word and dare not to receive something. He said the kingdom of God suffers violence. The violence take up by force. You take up by force by standing on the word and not moving an inch. Not moving an inch. You stand upon the word of God. You believe it. You quote it. You act upon it. And you keep going. And I'll tell you what. When you do that, the devil knows that he has had it. And you're pleasing God at the same time. And then you can go on about your life and be blessed, you see. That's the way God wants you and I to act and react and how he wants us to live. And this day, this very hour, more than ever, this is... The Bible was always true, folks, but in this hour, it's more needful than it ever was. It's more needful because Jesus is about to come, all hell is broke loose, and we need to be walking this way in order to survive, folks. So Jesus is your only hope, my only hope, and our only answer. Now, the next thing, as I said again, and now I'm going to repeat it again, you need to speak positive words over your challenge. You speak to it. Thank God I'm healed. I'm well. Thank God my needs are met. Thank God I have wisdom. Thank God that God has given me more ability to do whatever your job might be. Ask him and thank him for it. Consider it done, you see. And when you do that, uh, you're thanking him. You believe you have it. And after a while, you don't even think about it anymore. And all of a sudden, it happens. And sometimes when you are blessed, as you're believing God for something, you don't even see what happens. You say, oh, my, well, I have something. I did believe for it. I didn't even see it. Which come to pass. You believe it so much and consider it a done deal when it actually manifests to you. What happens is uh, you don't even see it at the time. Then you, then you see it because you're caught up into that, you see. You're caught up into it. We have to accept that word as a done deal thing. It's a done deal. You can take it to the bank. You don't have to be afraid. People lie to you. We know that. All men are liars. Let all men be liars and the word of God be true. So don't try to think. Because people are lying, well, I can't trust God either because I can't trust him, I can't trust that, I can't do this or I can't do that. You have to trust God, you see. That's the only one you can trust. In fact, there's a scripture, it's right in the middle of the Bible, uh, Psalms 108, 18. Uh, and, that's, and I can understand why. It says, 
It's better to trust in the Lord and, and put your confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord and put your confidence in man, right? Dead center in the Bible. Dead center. And that is good advice, folks, because it, it's very simple and everybody says, oh, yeah, I know it's better to trust the Lord. I know. But yet, what are you actually practicing? Are you practicing trusting the Word of God or what the neighbor down the street says or what somebody else says, what your friend says, your relative, uh, anybody? And they, maybe they're speaking the truth to you, but it better be backed up by the Word of God. My words that I'm speaking here don't receive a word that I'm saying if it's not backed up by the Bible or your pastor or anybody else. You know, I don't care if it's an international world uh, person. I don't care who they are. You don't take anything off of anybody unless it's God's word because we all make mistakes. We can all miss it. So don't accept what everybody says until it's proven by the word of God. Okay, thing on here that I want to really uh, deal with is the thank the Lord Praise the Lord and expect it. First of all, if you believe that he did something for you, by faith, which we are, we're to accept it's a done deal, right? You know what we just said? Lord, I thank you that you healed me. Lord, I thank you you provided my needs. I thank you that you gave me this. I consider it done. Thank you for it. I want to thank you, Lord. Now I want to lift my hands. I want to praise you for it, Father. I want to praise you that you did this for me. I just praise you. Suffer power by, by your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit has done this for me. You have done it, Lord. I give you all the praise, all the glory, Lord, and expectation. Expectation, because you're in expectation. In other words, you you know you have it, and your expectation, hey, it, it, it's manifesting. It's manifesting. You're not even considering it too much in the manifestation because you're so caught up in our habit that that's the expectation is there because God's not going to disappoint you because you're believing him, right? And that, that's that's what it's all about. And, you know, the Bible says uh, that uh, Nehemiah, Nehemiah tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, in order to have joy, you must, well, joy is Jesus. You must be believing him like that because if you don't, your joy is going to be like a roller coaster or like a, a ride. It's going to be bumpy. It's going to be up when you're, everything's good good and going right in your life and then down when it's a negative part of your life. Good times up, bad times down. It's not going to be consistent, you see. And if the joy of the Lord is your strength and 50% of the time it's good, 50% it's bad, that means you're, you're not going to have strength half of your life and the other half you are. And you're not going to be a good testimony. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be uh, down. You're going to really show it to people. You're going to be very uncomfortable. You're going to lose sleep. You're going to lose everything like that, you see. But he wants us to live a consistent life of the joy of the Lord. And I'll tell you what, when you get in that position, what happens is whatever you are facing in life, the challenges you are facing, you're going to have joy so unspeakable and full of glory like the song, what will happen to you, your mind will say, what in the world are you so joyful about? Here you're going through this and you're going through that because your mind will understand it. But that's why we need to renew our minds by the word of God, that it will understand it. But it defies your mind because it's a spiritual thing. The natural man doesn't understand it. It says in 1 Corinthians 2.14 because it's foolishness, you see. But the spiritual man does because we are living in spiritual places. We're in spiritual places in Jesus Christ, the word teaches us, right? Okay, if we're living in spiritual places, 
we're in spiritual places of heaven. But my mind's an earthly, carnal thing that's on this earth. Now, if I'm living out of my mind, I'm getting nothing as far as God's concerned, nothing from God. But if I'm living in the spiritual places, which the joy of the Lord consistently is being in the spiritual place where you are trusting him completely. Because remember that definition I first gave here, uh, I like that word, the faculty, the whole faculty in the Bible teaches. We have peace and, and we have uh, joy, and, and not only that, we have rest in everything that the Bible tells us, you see. When you have that, you've got joy, peace, you're in the rest of God, you're in the secret place of God, you're exactly where God wants you. It's not a medal of honor position. It's a position that God wants us all in. We are as his children are supposed to be there. And shame on us if we aren't there, if we aren't working towards that. And many people don't even give that much thought. They're just living day by day and don't know what the Bible says and then working to enter into that rest, you know. Didn't I read that verse down there? I'm going to repeat that verse again, too. He said in the 11th verse, the last verse, though, it says, let us labor to enter into that rest. So, Many people don't know about or don't think about or don't care about, so therefore they're not doing anything to enter in that rest. So do you think they're going to get into it uh, just like as it's going to come over on them sometime? No, it's not going to happen. So we have to be putting forth effort in this, this life, you know. People get caught up and God's going to do everything. God will do this. God will take care of it. Just like how many times have you heard about the evils and everything outside there? Well, God's going to take these people. God's going to work it out. Well, God works things out. I have to agree with you there. But that's why you and I are on this earth, to preach the gospel, to teach the gospel, and stand up by what the Word says and, and defy what is said is contradictory to the Word of God. He says in Ephesians 5.11, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but reprove them. In other words, if something isn't lined up with the Bible, if it's an abomination, the, the Word of God, or wrong in the Word of God, you stand up against it. I don't care who or what's saying something otherwise. You have to stand up against it. But too many people are not standing up with what's wrong. They're going along with it. They're afraid to stand up. They're afraid of what might happen. So, therefore, they're just going along with it. And the fearful, they're going to wind up in hell. The fearful will go to hell, according to Revelation. The Word of God, you know, you, you can't live a fearful life because, well, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. If you don't confess me, he said, I won't confess you before my Father. Now, we confess Jesus by not just winning people to Jesus and praising the Lord and all this type of thing. We confess him by our lifestyle and by what we stand for and we face opposition. Do we stand or do we cow down or back down or remain silent or fearful, you see? We need to stand up as Christians. In fact, we better be standing up for our country right now because if we don't, we're going to lose it. We're going to lose our country if we don't because... We have those that would want to take our country from us and turn this country into a hell, really, to literally into hell. And then we have those that are honest and innocent and want the right thing, but unfortunately there's a lot of them that don't have any backbone. We need to stand up, be strong, and stand up for what the Word of God says and what he wants, you see. We need to do that, folks. I don't look at men or parties, political parties, or men, I look at how do they stand on the principles. What platforms do they stand on? What do they represent? And I'm telling you, if they're representing something that's not of God, down they go. I don't care who they are, and I'll say it on the phone. I'll say it anywhere because that's what God wants me to do. That's what he wants you to do. That's what he wants us to do. And if we aren't doing it there, God's going to remind us of that because we're to have no fellowship with 
darkness, but reprove it. And too often we've allowed darkness to come in and never reproved it, and therefore it's like a cancer. If you don't deal with it, it gets bigger and bigger, doesn't it? We've got to deal, and God's called you and I to deal with things, folks. God wants you and I to take care of a lot of things. There's too much waiting on God, waiting on God for this. He's waiting on you and I, doesn't he? Isn't he waiting on us many times? Many times, you know, we're in the wrong position. We say, Lord, I'm waiting on you. And he, if he could, would talk to us now, he'd say, hey, I've been waiting on you. So we need to make sure, are we really waiting on God or is he waiting, waiting on us? That would be a good message, wouldn't it? Waiting on God or is God waiting on us? That would be a good one right there. That would be an excellent message because many, many people were missing that boat. Okay. I'm I'm going to close tonight. I, I want to I want to pray and just ask God to move upon the hearts of everybody here, because folks, uh, we're those that know Jesus Christ. I, I don't know who's here, who's listening, what all, but I, I know those that know Jesus Christ, or to make a stand like I've been teaching here tonight. And those that don't know Jesus Christ need to come to Jesus. And those that are backslidden need to come back to the Lord. So. I want, to, I want to pray for us right now, okay? Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for the message tonight, Lord, the message that you would have not only preached, but that you would have each one of us to live that message, Father. And I would pray, God, that you would move upon the hearts of those here listeners tonight, that they would have received that and they would obey that, Father, not just heard it and believed it, but actually do something about it. And, Father, right now I, I, I just pray that, you will move upon everyone, Father. I'm going to give them an opportunity to receive your Son as Savior, Lord, or to be come back to you and to be that man or that woman that you call them to be. Okay? If you don't know Jesus, you say, well, hey, uh, that sounds good about Jesus, but I don't know this Jesus you're talking about. How do I get to know him? Well, first of all, you have to believe that you're a sinner, that you've been wrong, you've done wrong. And you have to believe that Jesus loves you, that he really loves you. And he went to the cross to pay for your sins. He died, he shed his blood, buried, and resurrected for you. And he says to you that if you call upon him and and repent and turn, that means turn around from what you're doing, just go the opposite way. If you turn, repent, and choose me to be Lord of your life and Savior, I'll do it right now, he says. Because he says, whosoever called upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Whosoever called upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now, if you don't know Jesus. And if you say that prayer and you mean it in your heart, you're saved. Are you ready? Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart and save me. Take over my life. Be Lord of my life, Lord. I choose to follow you from this day forth. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Help me to be that man or woman, whatever they apply to there, that you want me to be. Now, Father, I believe that I'm saved because you tell me whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I call upon you, 
and now I'm saved. And I thank you that I'm saved. I thank you that I'm saved. Now thank him and praise him. Thank him and praise him that you're saved, that he received you into the fold, if you meant that in your heart. Just thank him for it because you called upon him. You called upon him. All right? For those that are backslidden, that uh, sinned against God, maybe not making the sin they should be, that failed him and not really stood up and been counted, or lukewarm or whatever, we're going to have this prayer. I want you to repeat after me, Father God, forgive me for failing you, for not standing on your word and the truth, for compromising, for not confessing your son Jesus to the world. Forgive me for that. But I choose this night forward to live for Jesus, to be bold in Jesus, and to do what you want me to do from this time forth in the name of Jesus. So I ask you to come back into me, to fill me, and I ask you now, Lord, to embolden me right now, embolden me right now, Fill me, fill me with your power. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus now, just ask him to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Yes, fill, fill your people. Fill your people right now. Give the people the boldness they need. Those that received Jesus, those that have come back, Right now, I ask you to give them boldness. Right now, I speak. I speak, and I release your anointing into them now. The reality is you're a real Jesus. You're a true Jesus, a Jesus that makes them bold and will stand up for you and with you because knowing that the greater one, you are in them because greater, it's you that is in them and who is in the world. Recognize that in the name of Jesus. The greater one is in you now. You don't have to fear for anything or anybody because you have victory over the devil. You are over him. He don't have authority over you. You have authority over him. Luke 10, 19, and 20 tells us that, that uh, we have the authority to cast out demons, to cast devils out. We have authority over the devil in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you are stronger than the devil because Jesus is in you. He's given you the authority to cast the devil out of your life and to cast the devil out of things that have come against you. He's given you that authority. You can be bold in that to know that you are the winner, not the devil. He comes as a roaring lion. He's a, a phony, one that comes roaring to you and tries to make things are bad and, oh, you can't do this and you're defeated and you aren't this or you aren't that. He's like a mouse trying to tell an elephant that he's got him beat. That's how ridiculous it is. So that's how you see it as it really is. When you see that as it really is, you can be bold and say, Satan, get out of here in the name of Jesus. Just cast him out in Jesus' name, and he will go. He will go. And just praise God and say, God did not give me the spirit of fear, but he gave me love, power, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. He's given me power. He's given me love. He's given me a free mind that will not be be messed up by negative thoughts and, and confusion and worry and doubt and fear and, and unrest, but he's given me a sound mind. That's God. The devil is the spirit of fear, but God's a sound mind, power, love, and a sound mind, and accept nothing less than this night's work. 
You are set free by the power of God. You are set free by the power of God if you simply receive that right now. If you simply receive it, he's empowering you right now. He's empowering you in the name of Jesus. That's what he wants. That's what he's doing today. He wants to empower people, to use people, to first get them free and to use them to do the works that he wants you to do because he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life, you see. Just let him have your life from this night forth, all of you. And if you have any questions or anything, uh, any comments or anything, I know you can get a hold of uh, Montel Fields. She's the lady that has the uh, the program here as far as uh, reaching out Radio International. But I'll give you my email. You can send me an email if you need some counselor, you need me to pray with you at the baptism or whatever it is. Uh, I'm available too, and, and I'll give you my website right here. So go get a pencil and go get a piece of paper. And uh, when you do that, I'm going to read it off slowly to you. So if you have anything that you want, just email me because I can work it out if I, you need a call or whatever it is, but we'll take care of it, whatever the need might be. I'm just going to offer myself uh, to that right now. Okay, my email is extended, E-X-T-E-N, D-E-D, so all small cases, hands, H-A-N-D-S, of O-F, Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, at yahoo.com. I'm going to say that again. Extended, E-X-T-E-N-D-E-D, hands, H-A-N-D-S, of O-F, Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, at yahoo.com. Okay. All right. So I'm here waiting for you. Anything I can help you with, that's what I do. I, I work with people far out of the country. I have calls to do things with them. And I'm involved around the world with a lot of people, uh, situations that, that God has done and opens up to help people. I'm seeing some wonderful things happen. Great things, miracles, diseases, cancer healed, and uh, people delivered from demon power, and and lives being turned around. I've, I've had some cases, probably been the hardest cases I've known. Know anybody has went through what they went through. I know some people went through a lot. One particular case that I won't mention is the strongest case that I've ever heard of anywhere, anytime. I don't know of any stronger case. I've had some of the strongest cases of people going through things that beyond anything I've ever heard. And how they received, some of them were in situations receiving the Lord in comas and you name it. Things things like that. I mean, it's incredible. The Lord just been bringing a lot of these things back to my mind. And I, I remember a lot of them and everything, but uh, there's just been so many great things God has done. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's just so awesome. You just, you know, it's all God. You know, if you want to really be humble, let God use you mightily. And you'll be humble because humility comes with being used to God. You boast on him and you speak things, and people can maybe misinterpret that as, as being uh, uh, boastful. But it's humility is what it is because you know that you had nothing in it. I feel so unconnected to what God is doing in a sense when he does it because I know it's not me. I mean, when you see great things happen, you can't possibly think it was you. You know better. You know you, and you know it has to be God, you say. And that's, that's really the way it is, folks. Okay, well, listen, I'm going to let you all go. And uh, two weeks from night, I'll be back, Lord willing. And uh, remember, just uh, listen to this, this uh, again. It, it's on 
uh, reaching out radio in the on-demand section. Uh, Montel will be doing it probably. It will be done shortly, uh, within the hour, because when the tape runs out, they have it on within a few minutes because it's what they call on-demand section. And listen to it again. I'm going to listen to it myself because I tell you, I listen to my messages, and I'm blessed just like you are, you see, because it's not me that does them. It's the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you to do that. Have your friends go there. Uh, Invite people to listen to the program, not just my program, but invite people to listen. Uh, reaching out Radio International, you see. Cause I'm promoting the whole thing. I'm not on here to promote myself. I want you to listen to my programs naturally, but I, I, I promote where I'm at too because it's where there. I wouldn't be on it. So I will uh, be back in two weeks with another message from God for you, and I love you all. And Just give yourself to the Lord. Just let him over your life. Trust him completely and watch what God will do for you. I love you all, and you have a blessed evening now. Good night, everybody. Are you breathing?
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 